Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you're an original subscriber to the Utah Royals FC feed, it's great to have you here. Thank you for staying subscribed. That's fantastic. If you are um, listening to the first time through the Wasatch Soccer Sentinel podcast feed, welcome to the show. Um, Utah Royals FC show was a podcast through from 2018 through 2020. We covered all three seasons of the Utah Royals, uh, looking at every game, having player interviews, over 100 episodes uh, of that podcast, which you can uh, hopefully find redirected here or look up the Utah Royals FC show. Um, in this podcast, we have two different segments. The first is my interview with newly appointed Utah Royals FC head coach, Amy Rodriguez. Super appreciative of uh, A-Rod for coming on, sitting down and chatting with me. And then in the second segment, we have a bit of a reunion show with Megan, Cindy Virtue, and me, where we react to the Utah Royals uh, news of uh, A-Rod being uh, named head coach and just what we expect to come next. Now, I also want to say as a bit of a program note here is we're not back to doing these uh, these podcasts weekly. We will at some point, uh, especially as we get closer to the 2024 season, have some consistency, and we'll communicate that pretty clearly. Uh, we may rename the show. We may change feeds. Uh, but all that we'll be super clear and upfront about as we get closer to those things happening. But A-Rod being named head coach, massive news. Um, and we just had to... Had to respond to that. Had to get the gang back together to talk about it. So thank you so much for listening. Um, in my interview, my mic is a little uh, a little hot. So you'll, it's not the best audio quality, but A-Rod's is pretty solid. So hopefully you can hear Amy much better than you can hear me. Just wanted to let you guys know about that. And then after that interview is the reunion pod. Thanks for listening. All right, our guest for this week is two-time Olympic gold medalist, FIFA World Cup winner, scored 30 goals and 19 assists for the U.S. Women's National Team, two-time NWSL champion, two-time NWSL champion, All-American honors in 05 and 08, NCAA champion in 07 with USC, nominated for the 2019 Pukas Award with for a Utah Royals goal against Sky Blue, and according to a very informal survey. We used to do in the podcast uh, asking Royals players which of their teammates they'd most want to have their back in a bar fight. It's newly appointed Utah Royals FC head coach Amy Rodriguez. Amy, welcome to the pod. <laughs> okay, half that's not true. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you. You would be surprised when that was always one of our favorite questions is who in a bar fight would you want to have your back? <laughs> Almost everyone would say you. So your teammates, mm. a lot of respect for you. Well, I appreciate that. I don't go out to a lot of bars, but hey, I'll be there. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i hoping that a lot of them were getting into bar fights, but you never know. Those were rough days. So. Um, yeah, Amy, well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, it's been a couple of years since we've seen you here in Utah. Can you just walk us through, you know, what you were relocated to Kansas City, traded to North Carolina, decided to retire, and then took up uh, an assistant coaching role. Can you just kind of walk us through the last few years for you? Yeah, so when the original Utah Royals closed out in 2021, uh, we moved on to Kansas City, and I did not think I would be back sitting here like I am today, um, only because 
Uh, the franchise was sold. I had moved on to other teams, been traded, like you mentioned. Um, and then I most recently retired from playing and went into coaching. Um, with that said, you know, I had I'd been hired by my former uh, college, my alma mater, USC, and I was living at home with my family and, you know, very happy just building towards, you know, my career and gaining experience as a coach. Um, so I didn't think that the call to become the, the Utah Royals head coach was going to be so near. Mm. Um, can I, What is that process like for a player who has won everything? Like, what was that like for you to decide, all right, I'm going to hang it up and, and move on to the next chapter? It actually was really difficult to retire. Um, I wrestled with it for, for a little while. Um, I had one year left on my playing contract with the North Carolina Courage, and um, to be quite honest, I was actually hoping for a trade to the uh, Angel City FC team, which is based in my hometown, mm -hmm. L.A., um, or near home for me, and, and that's really what I wanted. At, at that stage in my career, I have two kids, I, a husband at home. I really wanted to be back home with them um, and being able to kind of finish out my playing days at home. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out, didn't get the trade, but I was able to be hired as a coach. And my last two seasons of playing, I actually was taking uh, some coaching courses, which kind of opened the door to coaching for me. And I guess the rest is history. That's great. Um, what was it like when, I, I know you've spoken this before, but when you the Ro Utah Royals players got the news like, hey, we're moving to Kansas. Like, what was that like in the locker room? It was so devastating when we were first told that uh, Utah Royals were not returning in 2021, that we were moving, um, being sold. And ironically or coincidentally enough, we actually were originally bought from Kansas City. So mm -hmm. we started our journey in Kansas City. We moved up to, to Salt Lake City, um, played three seasons there, and then got <laughs> – sold back, I guess, to Kansas City. So it kind of felt like a whirlwind. We were kind of um, just rolling with the punches at that point. But I just remember feeling devastated because our time here was so wonderful. Uh, great season. We loved the community. The fans were also devastated. So leaving was, was quite sad. But to hear that it was coming back, um, you know, it, it, it has a glimmer in my eye now. And I think it's, it's an exciting time that – we just we just can't wait to have the Royals 2.0 back. Uh, Utah Royals President Michelle Heinzik first appointment within the kind of reformed Utah Royals organization. Uh, you mentioned she reached out to you and you guys are friends. You go way back. Um, when you got that call, you mentioned yesterday. <laughs> She's like, hey, let's like chat. And that kind of makes sense because you guys have known each other for since high school. And she sends you like a Zoom leak. I mean, what, what goes on in your head at that point? Yeah, so Michelle and I played high school soccer 20 years ago. Mm. And we, she was a couple of grades older than me, but that's where, you know, the soccer world is just so small and we, we were in the same circles. And then we kind of both went our own ways. Um, and then I had heard that she had, was appointed president of the Utah Royals. So when she texted me to, to chat, um, I just was excited. I hadn't sp spoken to her in years, so uh, it quickly escalated to a Zoom call and a Zoom call with the ownership on it, and I, I couldn't believe what was happening. Mm -hmm. I, like, I wasn't sure, so she called me and actually clarified what was going on, and mm -hmm. when she gave me the news that they were looking to hire me as their new head coach, um, I couldn't believe it. 
I, I, I literally was shocked. Uh, I think I might have actually laughed at Michelle at first. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in time, with a lot of discussion, a lot of thought process, um, you know, and, and hearing how much the club believed in me and, you know, and essentially, you know, turned into me believing in me and knowing that, like, this was the next step in my career that was going to push me and hopefully grow me as a coach. Um, when did those conversations start? March is when I think I first was contacted, and then, uh, yeah, the rest happened from there. You mentioned you guys played together in high school. I'm just curious, like, what was Michelle like as, I, I think she was your team captain mm -hmm. when you were a freshman. What was that like? Yeah, Michelle as a team captain was phenomenal. She was always one of the fittest players on the team. She played defender. She was strong, um, very level-headed, uh, methodical, great soccer IQ. Um, just someone who you thought led and, and was a great example. So mm -hmm. to have her kind of above me, leading me, um, it's funny now to have her in the same way mm -hmm. here. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's nice to know that at some level you guys know that kind of relationship a little bit and can bring that into the organization. Uh, she joined RSL as legal counsel, I think summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. Did you interact with her at all before? I mean, summer of 2020 was weird, it was COVID. Mm -hmm. Challenge Cup, a lot of isolation, but were you able to interact with her at all before uh, before the team was moved? Yeah, it was one afternoon. I think we had just finished training, and I saw her walking in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And I go, Michelle, hey, oh, my gosh, it's me, Amy. And mm -hmm. just that reconnect after so many years being apart, um, it was great to see a familiar face. And, I mean, if you don't know Michelle, she's one of the smartest, hardworking players uh, – sorry, smartest, hardworking people I know. Um, and truthfully, she – She's great at her job and what she does. So it wasn't surprising to me to see her um, being su successful and, and doing some great things here with RSL. You've been you've been open about being surprised to kind of to, to step into this role as head coach. Um, and it seems like something you've approached with a lot of humility. You're not coming in and be like, oh, like, look at all my player accolades. Like, I can do this. This is no problem. Um, what like what do you feel like is your posture towards learning to be a head coach over this next year? Well, I do recognize that my playing career, although it is lengthy and successful and I'm super grateful for all my accolades, I know that that doesn't necessarily translate into how I'm gonna be as coach. So for me, the humility piece is I'm early in my career, I wanna learn as much as I possibly can. Um, the next seven months, um, 33 weeks, I think it is, until the season starts. Um, I'm going to be working my tail off and learning the game and studying players, uh, building a staff. Um, I think I'm really starting from scratch, and I'm excited about the challenge, but I know it's a big project ahead of me. Um, you mentioned building out a staff. Have, have you started conversations with people? Like, Do you, do you have, have those roles in mind already? Getting through this week is important for me, you know, the a lot of uh, hype and media, but I think the real work begins as soon as I leave here, probably today. Um, I am looking forward to building out a f sensational staff, one that is smart, helpful, driven, competitive, um, and leads with, you know, passion, intensity, hard work. All of those things are, are crucial in, in, in me finding a, a great staff because this team has the potential to be phenomenal. Um, and I think that starts with putting together a great team. Um, when it comes to, to putting together the, the players, 
do you will you start building around specific players or are you looking to formulate an identity as okay we want to play this style of football therefore we are going to find these players like what is the approach to how you will build out the roster these are the conversations that I will have with our general manager and sporting director but my idea is uh to find the utmost quality people. Um, first and foremost, players that lead with hard work, intensity, competitiveness. Um, and I think creating a team from one vision, from one mission and philosophy, that will trickle down into who we bring in here as a Utah Royals player. Over the course of your career, you've had a lot of fantastic coaches. Are, are there any that you look up to specifically or if you're like okay this is the kind of coach I want to be yes absolutely I've I've been so lucky to be coached by so many great you know humans in in the soccer world some of which who are still in the NWSL now um I know I really enjoyed my time here with Laura Harvey I've played with I'm sorry I played under some great coaches like Vladko Andonovsky Jill Ellis um I know Mark Krikorian, who's GM currently of Washington Spirit, a huge mentor of mine. So I'm really looking forward to maybe emulating some of the examples that were set before me, um, but also trying to make it my own. Mm. Um, I think as you're recruiting players, like it's going to be interesting, right? Because you were in the league not long ago. Um, how do you feel that transition will be from having kind of played recently to – being coached do you think that that is similar to like the transition of being a teammate to being like captain or Mm. what do you think that will be like yeah I think that's a really good question um in this last two years where I was transitioning from being a player to being a coach uh it's definitely a different mindset um I look at the game differently I speak with my players differently um It'll be interesting to be a former player in the NWSL and now to coach the NWSL because some of these players were once my teammates. Um, But I think I'm ready for that cap. I think I'm ready for uh, the different role and excited to hopefully lead a team to a championship. Um, What what are the benchmarks for success in 2024? Because, you know, thinking back to Royals (laughs) 1.0, Deloitte got some things really right. You know, he... um, invested in facilities like I remember like the plush robes the, uh, <laughs> people love those <laughs> yeah I mean they're, they're legendary <laughs> like it seems like um, you know he, he was a guy who came in at, at a good time to where he could help the league but also a lot of baggage with that guy uh, and under his leadership the Royals never made the playoffs um, so I know I'm sorry to bring up maybe a painful moment. Yeah. Um, but Do we wh- need to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, I know it would be different if the handball in the very first game uh, against Becky Sarban's face. Right. That's crazy to think Faceball. about. Faceball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> alternate history where you guys get that all three points in the road mm-hmm. and make the playoffs mm-hmm. because the margin was that close. But what are the benchmarks for success in 2024? Um. I think that I, I honestly, I, I sigh a little bit because I know the project that's ahead of me. I know what it takes to build a team, and I don't think it's going to be an overnight success. Mm. I know that we're going to be a hardworking team that's going to put together the very best player personnel, uh, work ethic, intensity, 
um, that we possibly can. And the ultimate goal is to win a championship. And this league is hard. There's 12, about to be 14 teams that are going to be of, of high caliber and a ton of competition. So I want to be realistic with myself and know that this is a long-term project that I'm going to have to build from the ground up. Thinking about the, you know, I think what, 2014, 2015 uh, individual championships you won with FC Kansas City, what made kind of, what made that team special that you can translate to building a new roster? When I played for Kansas City in 14 and 15, I think the thing that sings, uh, sticks out the most to me is that we had no players with egos, we had no superstars, we had no individuals, we just had one great team. Mm -hmm. And people always talk about the special sauce or the, you know, the, the, the certain thing that is, makes teams special, and it is the team itself, one team as a whole, not 18, 20 individuals. So um, when I think about what I want to create here, it's, it's something similar to that. Um, we are championship-minded, and we're always team first. Um, it's been noted that you are the first former NWSL player to be given a head coaching role. What, what does that feel like for you? I know I'm, I think I'm one of the first and honestly to, to have that, um, title and, and mm. to, to have maybe even that responsibility on my shoulders. Uh, it's a, it's a true honor and I don't take it lightly. I, I want to represent the players of the NWSL well, um, I love this league and I, I love what it can be. So I'm looking forward to furthering the progress of the NWSL and hopefully making a strong impact. You you always brought a high level of intensity and competitive. It's it's I, I like hearing you say like you want to build DNA that is intense, competitive, because that is feels like what you embodied as a player. And I think, you know, I'm I'm a photographer, I've shot almost all the home Royals games that have happened. I don't think anyone consistently looks as intense in the field as you <laughs> did. Um, even even between like RSL, you looked like, and I mean this in the best possible way, like you were ready to destroy someone and you brought that to the field and in such a positive way that helped get a lot of good results for, for Utah. How do you see yourself like, I don't know, that, that passion, that intensity within you, how do you think that translates to you being on the sideline? I think I will be a similar coach mm -hmm. to how I was as a player, honestly. Just that's what I know. That's who I am. Like you said, competitive and intensity. Like those are the things that I bring every single day. Um, I bring them as a player and I will bring them as a coach, definitely. But the game face photos that I've seen, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> People don't actually know my real personality behind all those photos. So I'll have to do a, a few more podcasts to kind of show that off. That's great. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. Um, <laughs> So when we were kind of wrapping up this podcast at the end of 2020, not being sure if we'd ever return or not, we, we put out a call for um, listener questions and also like favorite memories. The game that came up consistently was the 2019 um, uh, Royals home game against the Portland Thorns. Becky Sauerbrunn wins the game for, for Utah with a headed goal. Um, that is not really the main thing that's remembered about that game. You and <laughs> Emily Sonnet had a bit of a dust up right as she was sent off. And then I think later you had words with Lindsay Horan as well. Can you walk us through like what you remember from that? Oh my gosh. That was probably one of my most favorite games as a Royal. Um, so much intensity, so much behind the game, so much meaning. Um, 
and like you said, like I always lead with intensity and obviously in in the match when there's red cards being thrown and, and players on the ground, header goals in the last minutes of the half, like mm -hmm. all of those things add so much um, hype to a game. So um, I love every minute looking back at those and, and just seeing how how much I wanted it and how much I, I wanted to represent this, this club and to win for this club. So um, all good memories, but off the field, Sonnet, Haran, Becky, all of them, we, we have a good relationship and, and obviously friends and the mm -hmm. uh, common thread of being national team players. So there's always a camaraderie there. So it's an amazing rivalry, I think. Yeah. And it seems like your friends are the, often the ones you're most intense with on the field when you're playing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but after that game uh, here in this room, and the, I remember asking about you and Sonnet, and you just were very stoic, and we're like, we're good. <laughs> and that was like sort of it. Uh, so it's fun to hear your perspective a few years on. Um, thinking back to your time as a, as a Royals player, do you have a favorite game, goal, memory that stands out? I think I remember um, my first game in a Royals jersey, was I want to say it was like March 15th so very early in and I had just come back from tearing my ACL mm -hmm. um, to be able to step on the field the first time to have a crowd and a coaching staff and a player's locker room who believed in me to get back out there um, that was really momentous for me personally uh, just because you never know when you get injured if you're gonna be able to get the boots back on again so um, huge honor and, and to do it wearing a Royals jersey was you know very meaningful. Great. Well, Amy Rodriguez, head coach, thank you so much, and best of luck over the next year building up the team. Thank you so much. Go Royals. Depends on the day. Anyway, we should record this thing. We'll get this podcast going. We can Yeah. It's not that exciting, I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to kick it off. Uh, am I hosting? I guess I feel like I yeah, just volunteered myself. Like Is there... I... Yes, I go for it. Go yeah. for it. Take okay. the reins. All right. Well, uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 111 of the Utah Royals FC show. Took us a while to get the, to the 111th episode. Uh, this is kind of a reunion pod, but I am joined today by Virtu. How are you? I'm good. Excited great. to be back. It's great to see you. And uh, Texas le legend uh, Megan Webb. I feel like that's disrespectful to Cindy. I've only been here two months. <laughs> But and hey, course, I guess I'll take it. And of <laughs> course, uh, Texas OG Cindy Laura. Hey, guys, it's so good to see you. This is the first time we've ever recorded actually seeing each other's faces. <laughs> no, we did the final episode. I was yeah. like, I think we did. I think we did one where we did it as like more of a Zoom style, like yeah. this one. But oh, well. it's okay. Fortunately, nobody else has to see us when they're listening to this. So only you get to see us. So yeah. Yeah, it actually gave us an option to record video, uh, and I was like, "Let's just skip that." <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I'm. It's it's been a long week. <laughs> okay, it, it has been. So that's a new setting. The whole video stuff too. Then right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Zencaster's gone full uh, fancy. I don't know how else to say that, but. Um, <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, we're back here. I listened to our farewell episode um, yesterday, and man, it's wild. It's such a somber episode. It's not very punchy, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but one of my main takeaways was Cindy promised that in 2023 on video, which we are now, she would eat a sock. 
and she like gave her word and she acts like she doesn't like this whole sock narrative but Cindy your response um you know I think I was under a lot of pressure um peer pressure and um I need to have my lawyers listen to that because you know sounds like baloney to me the peer pressure was virtual just going like, were you a sock in video? And you're going, yes, absolutely. Okay, what what was the context though? Mm, I don't remember. Okay. I was skiing while I was listening to it, so it was a little chaotic. Yeah. Uh-uh. You're always just trying to bring the sock back. And it's like, it haunts me. It doesn't leave me alone. It's just NWSL media, they still bring up the sock. It's just like, it's who, it's who I am. They remember. They remember. So- so, Cindy, a question for you. Yes. So, my childhood, so between this episode and the last one, my childhood cat named Socks died. <gasps> Will you eat a sock as a tribute to him for me? Um, that's terrible. <laughs> you can't so say no to that. I'm that's sorry. So, that's so mean. Um, let me think about it. TBA on that one. Yeah. TBA well, on that one. Uh, socks of all kinds aside, uh, <laughs> there have been two really big pieces of news recently. Uh, the first is that the league officially announced that the uh, Utah Royals would be rejoining the NWL for the 2024 season. And uh, today we had official the official announcement from the club that Amy Rodriguez, former Utah Royals player and captain would be named the next head coach. Um, Who wants to kick off with just kind of reacting to those massive pieces of news? Um, I called it. I actually called it in. I just had a hunch. And I think when they first announced the, when they first announced the club or re-announced it, whatever, re-announced it, you know, 2024 edition, the video montage only showed like Amy Rodriguez. And I'm like, she's got to be connected to the team. And that was like, I'm like, is she? And so when they were talking, they talked about being a head coach. I'm sorry. When they were talking about announcing a head coach, that was my first thought was like, it's got to be a rod. She's a Utah legend. Um, She kind of has some coaching experience, not like pro league at all, but Actually, when I did the um, just plug in for the TOA Kansas City Current podcast, um, <laughs> I uh, I mentioned it and I was like, I have a hunch it's Amy Rodriguez, and it's totally it was totally going off speculation, so I'm not surprised. But I called it. <laughs> That's great, you did. We talked earlier this week, and you're like, I think it's a Rod, mm-hmm. and I was shocked, <laughs> very shocked. Uh, Megan, what what are your thoughts on just all this all this happening? Especially, you know, there was a a time where we thought maybe they would never come back. Yeah, I mean, it's like it. I I go back to just like that formal announcement for a minute of like there are all these whisperings for so long of like, are they coming back? When are they coming back? Is it going to be twenty three? Is it going to be twenty four? Is it going to you know how's it going to look? How's it going to feel? And then we finally get a little bit of like an imagery answer right we get to see a new logo we get to see all this kind of unveil and we get an actual date and all you know these things start to come into place and I I remember I was sitting like 
just in my office at work that day, which I, I was like 16 when this team got announced, why I have an office now, not sure, but whatever. Um, and I was like reading through Twitter and going through everything. And I was just like, it's finally here and it's finally real and it's finally tangible. And like for a team that, at least for me personally, I feel like I grew up with a little bit. I mean, I was a teenager when they were playing, right? Um, Luke, uh, Lucas and Matt have agreed that I can now be considered an adult, by the way, guys, um, if anybody was concerned. I did not sign that. <laughs> uh, Matt says, so um, I'm going with that one. But for me, I think just having some kind of tangibles to this team really shows that the the community that advocated for it to come back for so long finally has a little bit of a victory, you know, and not, not that it's like wins and losses like that, how you, you know, in the cliche way, but we fought so hard when to keep them here before they left. And then now that they're coming back, it kind of feels like a little bit of a win for the community. And I'm optimistic that the that the soccer fan base is still here. We'll see, you know, obviously come 2024 what that number really kind of looks like. But I think now that there's, you know, there's a logo, there's a date, there's a head coach, it's going to be, the ball's going to roll really quick from this point on. And I'm very excited about it personally. So I think that's general excitement would be my short uh, answer there. Great. And uh, Virgil, what 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 are, what's on your mind? I I think it's really exciting, especially with how explosive the end sort of was. Um, mm. I mean, it was just sort of like the team's here, and then all the joy stuff comes out, and then it's not. Um, and like we knew that there was a possibility of the team coming back for certain reasons, um, but to have everything sort of come to life. And I, I think having a, a head coach was the real, like, okay, yeah, like it's, it's, it's happening for me. It wasn't the logo. It wasn't the announcement. Those were all exciting, but it's like, oh, it's going to be a rod. Okay. That's like, that solidifies it. So mm-hmm. that, that was really cool. when that was announced this morning or late last night, I guess. When did the ESPN article come out? I'm going on a last, just like yesterday afternoon. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to to think back to where we were at the end of 2020. Of I remember thinking like they're probably not going to come back. Like it would be great, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Like this feels like a lost battle, a lost cause. Like I remember feeling pretty upset that you know, one guy in a position of power could cause a like beloved team, even though it was newer to get ripped out of a community. And it's really exciting to see them come back. And it feels like the world has changed so much since that time in 2020 um, in a lot of ways for the worse. And it's really nice seeing an organization be like, this is, gonna be like women led we're gonna invest in women we're gonna put resources uh and time energy everything behind women to empower the sport to thrive um i think that's super exciting um does anyone have any specific thoughts about just what amy rodriguez as a head coach will bring because we know what she brought as a player i mean you know, all-time team leading goal scorer. I think one of the fiercest players I've ever really watched in person. Just every photograph I have of her on the field looks like she's ready to just absolutely wreck someone. Uh, and I mean that in the best way. And what do you guys think Amy, the coach, will be like? 
I, I think it's going to be loud, which is good. I think that if you took any candidate in the world, I think A-Rod is the most vibe, just straight up vibe candidate you could possibly take, which I think for a new, right? Like, yes, there are coaching implications with, you know, there's not a track record to look at or, or anything. But if you look at someone who knows the community, they sort of know the formula a little bit uh, and is is highly, highly respected. I think she's someone that if she can get – this isn't to say that she's not, like, exceptionally tactically skilled. But I think that if she can build assistant coaches around her who have a lot of coaching experience, I think that she can – sort of charge a lot of energy and get a lot out of players that maybe someone else who is has that sort of same level of being newish to coaching might not be able to get. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great hire. Yeah, I think I think because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she's the first there's been assistance, but I think she is the first actual like head coach hire that was a player mm-hmm. in the NWSL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Um and so I think that's 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 big because she knows what it's like to be a player and she did say that in the in the conf- in the press conference that she's she was a player in the in the league since the beginning and so she knows that side. She knows what it's like to be an NWSL player. So it's not just like somebody brand new coming into it and you know not knowing anything about the league and so I, I think that that's why it, it is an important hire it is a former player and I know that there's been questions I'm like well the Utah go through the right process to hire um I think I read that somewhere that there were some complaints about did Utah actually go through the right processes to hire someone but I'm like who cares this is someone they know um this is someone that they bait that's important to the club and it was in the past and so um I think I think it's good I we don't know her coaching style at all obviously because she's stepping into it and that's the thing about her too is like she was very humble about it she's like I still have to learn um but just the fact that she was a player in the league she knows what this this league is about she has that player perspective like I think and that's she even said that that you know she cares about the players and wants to care about the players and so that's important especially with so much that we learned in the past couple of years with coaches, you know, being jerks, <laughs> essentially. So, oh. yeah. I mean, do you guys remember our bar fight question, right? Of like, who would you want to have? I think you either have your back in a bar yeah, fight. Yeah. And A-Rod was often the answer from players. Of like, oh, yeah. This is someone I trust to have my back no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, Cindy, you I, I forgot that you were actually in that press conference call this morning, too. Um, yeah. I, I feel like she showed a lot of humility of, like, these. there's a lot I don't know. She was very upfront about that. And that is way more encouraging to me than someone who was an incredibly successful player being like, yeah, I got this. I know it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be great at this. Um, and that's encouraging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me, one thing that I like about this choice is that it's a, it's a player that not, obviously she's not a Utah native, right? Like she wasn't from Utah that she doesn't have that tie to outside of her playing career, but she's somebody that you can tell 
wants to be in Utah, right? You see a lot of pro athletes come in and out of the state and are, you know, we look at the Donovan Mitchell debacle of the last few years, if you follow the NBA at all, right? Like there's, there's all that controversy about like, well, he just was here and then went on and because he wanted to be somewhere bigger, right? And there's oftentimes that narrative around, around athletes and coaches in the state of Utah of like, oh, it's a stepping stone. Oh, it's until they can go to the big market where they're going to win a championship. That's not anything that at least what I heard from A-Rod today, that that was the vibe that she wanted. You know, she wanted to be in Utah. She wants to bring a championship to Utah. And, and for me, that's one thing. I mean, I'm, I was raised in Utah, right? I've seen a lot of people come in and out of, out of Utah sports and, and to see somebody that from the get go is, is wanting to be here and wants to do right by the state and loves the state is, is really invaluable. I mean, you can, I kind of see like, kind of that Demir Krylock mentality a little bit where he's here and he's happy to be here and he wants to do best by the club and his time while he's here. I feel like that's a similar vibe that I was getting from A-Rod and her and her mentality. I mean, obviously, you know, she wanted to come back for a reason, right? Like there, she, a lot of people left and like probably like, yeah, I don't ever want to step foot back in the state of Utah again. Clearly she's not one of them. So I don't know. That was something that I appreciated is just her recognizing that like Utah's where she wants to be. That's what she wanted to do with her career and where she wanted to make that next step. That's what I thought about it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, today was, I think, pretty insightful on that front, which is really great to see. Um, I, one thing we haven't touched on is Michelle Heinzig, who's the president uh, of the Utah Royals. Um, she was not someone I was really, I think her name I had seen a little bit, but was not someone I was aware of until the announcement Uh the announcement of Utah Royals rejoining coincided with her being named uh, president of the team. Uh, she actually joined RSL staff in 2020 as a general, I think it's general counsel. And then she moved into like a vice president of legal for the team. And she comes from a background of, uh, I think corporate and financial law, but had worked at uh, major league soccer for, I want to say five years prior to joining RSL. Um, and it seems like a pretty good uh, resume. Uh, you know, you've got the lawyering, which takes some education. Uh, she went to, I think she went to Stanford, maybe Harvard, somewhere, somewhere fancy. Uh, and she played college there. And today I learned that she uh, was the captain of a Rod's high school team. Uh, so they know each other from growing up. Um and Amy mentioned that in the call that she joined as a freshman and Michelle was like a junior or senior and was someone she really looked up to. Um, but do you guys have any impressions on maybe Michelle's leadership and, and what her role is? Because this is not a role that existed under Deloy Hansen. Um, she actually went to Columbia Law School, by the way. Okay, maybe I'm thinking undergrad. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Let me check my notes. Check your notes. Um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that I was when the team got announced. I was like, "Who are these people?" Because <laughs> yeah. you know, so I I know nothing, and so today just knowing about her, I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool," but I know nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think anytime we can put like a qualified woman in a position a woman in a position of power, like that is ideal, right? Mm -hmm. um, especially with the market and the history. 
And I'll be honest, like, I don't know a whole ton about Michelle either. Uh, but I look forward to learning a lot more and, you know, seeing what she does. And really, I think how the whole front office gets built out. She did get her BA from Harvard and then her JD from Columbia Law. Um, so it's a pretty good education path if you uh, decent accolades. Kind of thing. What's that? It's a decent accolades, you know. Just yeah. Two pristine universities, you know. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, go ahead, Lucas. You're good. Oh yeah. Um yeah, it's just it's interesting that I think thinking back to the Deloitte years, right? Like he was president of Real Salt Lake, which also meant he was president of Utah Royals. Now there's a president of Real Salt Lake and John Kimball and a president of Utah Royals. Um, I haven't, this hasn't been super outlined to me in detail, but my understanding slash assumption of how it works is that she will report um, basically to Ryan Smith and David Blitzer. I know David Blitzer because he's got so many clubs, uh, has sort of a representative that works on his side. I don't know what that looks like in the Smith side. I doubt he's having one-on-ones with John Kimball right now. Maybe he is. Um, but it's interesting that, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of shared resources, but there's also seems like a lot of independence. Um, and there's an emphasis on like, this is going to be like pretty largely, at least on the non ownership front, like women led in a way that it wasn't under Deloitte because yeah, yeah Deloitte hired, um, a female head coach and eventually a female GM, but, you know, hired a, what seemed to be a pretty toxic male coach after Laura Harvey left. Uh, and yeah, I just, it's, it's a different approach and I'm curious to hear what you guys think about, about that. And if you feel like it's going to be different, if that, or if you feel some trepidation in the approach that they're taking. I mean, was, I, I, Oh, sorry. No, no I was going to say, who was the um, GM? The Royal uh, Stephanie G- Lee. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts, but I'll keep them to myself. Okay. <laughs> She's at Gotham now, I think, as an assistant GM. That is. Yeah. Cool. And maybe because of the whole Harrington handling that I'm like, that's my, that's my like, oh. I've always heard that Harrington is was Deloitte's hire and that everyone basically wanted Parkinson. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking. Out. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Check out. Um, I think it's kind of too early to know exactly what's going to happen there. Uh, and so you really need to see it play out. I do think that there is a lot of concern. Well, probably not a lot of concern, right? Because especially because Woso sort of tends to operate within its own silo anyways. Um, but I know that there is a lot of concern with Blitzer specifically in the way that he has run a lot of his other clubs. It's basically just sort of, okay, I'll p- pony up the money and then it's other owners asking where the money is. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's definitely the place at Crystal Palace. Um, I don't know about everywhere. So I, I think that's more of like a long-term concern for the RSL org as a whole, especially a fan base that, you know, like is desperate to 
actually start competing in a landscape that's really changed. And the NWSL landscape has certainly changed a lot too. You know, like salaries are substantially higher. They're probably still not high enough, um, but definitely substantially higher. Um, so I, I think that's sort of the main long-term concern for me is that if that, how much that involvement is and how much that involvement is going to need to be is ultimately going to be dependent on the people that they put in those positions. But we just don't know who those people in those positions are yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the general feeling now is just sort of excitement and just wait and see, at least on my end, as far as opinions around the general front office structuring goes. I think I kind of, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think one thing that when the Royals came about the first time, right? Like that was something that from the, from the beginning, Deloitte was always on. He's like, this is a women's team. We're going to hire women, blah, blah, blah. And you, you know, you saw that from day one and then come, you know, day 365 or, you know, a year or two later, things looked very different. So I'm like kind of cautious to be too optimistic because obviously, you know, in a year from now, what's, you know, the money situation going to look like, what's the, there's a lot of what ifs, but I think it's a good way to start, right? Like in theory, if you want to have a women a women ran organization, this is a great way to start. And hopefully that continues and we don't see the toxicity that Deloitte at one point brought again. I would love to live in a world where pro sports are not toxic, although I know that's a lot to ask in a lot of places. Um, but I think I think it, like you said, it's t- it's a little too early to tell really truly what things are going to look like. I think even even from a Real Salt Lake standpoint, right? Like Ryan hasn't been around that long, Blitzer hasn't been around that long. We don't really truly know what things are going to look like in a, in a year or two with either side of the team. But I think once we're a little bit closer to, you know, actually playing some games, seeing an on-field product type of thing, it's going to be a little bit easier to judge front office staffs. But I think, yeah, for, it's a great start. And I hope that they keep building out with giving, giving these women an opportunity to, to make their mark in the NWSL. But for now, I'm happy with the choices. I think they're they're qualified, which is something you know you can't all, you can't always say. So I don't. I'm pretty optimistic about it. I think it'll be good. Just a matter of time to see where where it all lays out. I think. Yeah, I mean, Michelle today said, the way you get experienced women is by giving women experience. And um, Jeff Kasuf of the Equalizer had a really good article today. Everyone should go read it. Everyone should pay for the Equalizer because they do excellent Loso coverage. But um, Articles titled How a Free Coaching License Course Offered to Her as a Player Led Amy Rodriguez Back to the Utah Royals. Um, and just talking about her journey and basically there being a pathway for women to get experience, uh, even something as small as offering a coaching license course paved the way for this. And that's really exciting. Um, I think as someone who also follows Real Salt Lake fairly closely. I would say, well, right now I think they're doing the right things, right? They've got a head coach that's exciting. There's no one in the world they could have hired, in my opinion, that would make people more excited than Amy Rodriguez. Like she is former club captain, just really, I think, ingratiated herself to this fan base. Phenomenal player, world-class, and someone who is on a coaching trajectory. Yes, she's a little inexperienced, but I think – you know, that's that's forgivable. Whereas if you were to bring someone like Laura Harvey back, there's a, you know, a lot of fans really liked her. There's some baggage for some fans. The Royals never made the playoffs under her or any time. Um, 
and then you could take bring in someone else, but I just don't think you would have the emotional response that yeah. A-Rod does. Uh, and that's great. And I think Michelle as a hire is great because she's obviously a very smart, ambitious, and capable uh, woman. So having her as president feels like that's a slam dunk. On the yeah. RSL side, it feels like they came, the ownership came in and said the right things, and RSL has gotten worse somehow. <laughs> um it's been a rough go and maybe they're in a, just in a slump right now. We don't need to go into it too much, but there's some pretty obvious holes on the field and uh, you know, transfer window closes in a few days. Maybe they'll get this figured out, but in my estimation they've got probably the next, the summer transfer window to really show fans that our cell fans that they act, the ownership actually cares about the team and I hope that doesn't happen with the Royals of like, hey, we're going to hype yeah. this up big. We're going to say all the right things and put some pieces in place, but not enough for there to be real genuine success. Yeah. And right or wrong, well, definitely wrong, but women's sports is kind of pennies in the dollar when can compared to MLS. Like, And I think that was such a big draw for Deloitte Hansen is he could look like a good guy. He could come in. Yeah. And at one point, he in some ways like saved the league. The Boston Breakers and FC Casey had just like gone under and he comes in spends next to nothing for him and builds this world-class, you know, locker room and training facility. And they give the players uh, plush robes and apartments that he already owned. And it felt like, Oh man, like he's raising the bar. Um, he was also a, a very racist, toxic, terrible guy in many many respects so it's really a good thing he's not here uh but it is interesting that he was able to like put that money cause good in that front but also still went didn't find success and i just feel nervous that is ownership gonna be supportive enough of the team to really bring success that's i think one of one of the bigger questions too, right? Because for a first year coach to be successful, not only do they need really good assistance, but they're going to need at least some pretty solid players. And I don't think anyone expects, you know, the Royals to you know, like be the best team in the league the first year coming out. But if there's one thing that we do know about Deloitte's scouting approach for as garbage as he was, go listen to that last episode again, if you want, um, is that, uh, there were some fairly big names on the radar that almost signed for this club uh, that were pretty close. And so I just don't know how much Blitzer or Smith are going to be, if they're going to go all in on that, because I would love to go and get those players, especially as, I mean, the landscape of women's soccer has changed dramatically. Leagues all around the world are getting better and better and better. Um, and so, you know, like, I would love to go take a bunch of European players or, like, go get Minima or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know. I just we'll, – we'll have to see what that scouting approach looks like. But if there's one thing to give, I guess, you know, an ounce of credit to Deloitte for what he did well is that he was fairly ambitious about the process. And I hope that that continues. But I, I think, like, a lot of what I said earlier is, like, a lot of that's just going to be wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that has to be – it's funny you said wait and see because I feel like we used to say that all the time on the uh, on the podcast as well. 
gotta wait and see. Um, <laughs> and uh, once again, we're in a position where I mean, this this is actually very much a wait and see year of like that huge pressure of will they or won't they come back? Will we get our team back? Has been alleviated. There's a president. There's a head coach. Um, and what's next is probably a GM or sporting director. Uh, that, that should be the next big hire. Um, I've been told that they're, they've got a long list of of possible candidates they are working through, which is great. Um, because I think you could make the assessment of a rod was always their choice and that's who they went with. Um, but that's going to be like the next big, big hire and potentially more impactful than the coach. Um, so that, that'll be exciting to see, but other things that have changed, uh, the logo's different. Mm. What do you guys think of the new one? I love it. It's my favorite. Really? Cindy. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I just You're allowed to love it if you do. Yeah. This is a um, safe place. No, I, I know. I know. Safe place with people. Yeah, that's what we said about the sock deal, and look what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think... I think because there's just so much nostalgia tied to that former logo, it's it's hard to like go from somewhere else. So I I get why people are. It's it's gonna take some getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> what is Lucas doing over there? But um. Well, I was trying to see if I had it, and then I. I found this. Oh, that's from the oh, vault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, for those I who have... can't see, he has our old Utah Royals FC um, show oh, sticker. But, and the RSL soapbox one. Hey, guys, I still have like 200 of those. <laughs> so if you up. want one, slide in his DMs. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll work that out. Because um, uh, Can I get, I'm going to give my, oh, and the Corgi. All right, Lucas. Lucas is pulling out all the stickers. Got a bunch of stickers. Was that Bella? <laughs> oh, no, I think it? I was just, was it Bella? Was no, that the Bella sticker? A, I don't know where I got that. Rest in peace, Bella. Gone yeah, but never out forgotten. To, shout, shout out, out Christina. To Christina. Mm-hmm. Man, so, so glad I got to meet Bella while I had the chance. She was a, she was a sweetheart. Absolute angel. Um, while Lucas is rummaging through his <laughs> sticker drawer over there. <laughs> I... I I'm gonna I think my general thought on the new crest is if it had to change, they changed it well. I don't have any beef with the new logo. I think if I had never seen the old logo, I would have said yes, they did it perfectly. However, <laughs> I am very partial to the old logo. I think it's really good. I think it was really well done from the get-go with the original. But if I had never seen it before, I would have I will have I have no complaints about the new one. I think it does a good job. I think it pays a lot of homage to the old imagery while kind of refreshing it, making it new. And you get, you know, we get Cleo the Lion back, which is great. Get the reunion of her coming back around. Hope I'm curious if they'll keep the same mascot like Sue. I know that's a really weird thing to be wondering about. I don't know if anybody knows anything about that. I have also um, been thinking about Cleo and just the Cleo's iconic. Of- like the she's kind of iconic. Leo, Cleo, mm-hmm. and Theo. Theo, I think Theo died. I don't think Theo exists anymore. Does Theo exist? Oh, yeah, I oh yeah, I see Theo around sometimes. Have you seen Theo? Okay, I haven't seen Theo in a while. So if Theo's still around, I feel like Cleo's probably kicking somewhere then. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Cleo, I would see at RSL games and like Monarchs I, games. 
I mean, I, ha- I haven't been to a real game in a while in person. I'm not going to lie. It's been like... You no- were like everyone last well, year. Well, yeah, but like I didn't pay attention to what was going on. I was I was just... You had to do I was this. focused. I had to work. Yeah, so I don't know. But anyway, uh, that, if anybody can give me any information on the whereabouts of Cleo the Lion and what the branding there is going to be, that would be great. But that that's a long way down the line. Yeah. But overall consensus, I like the logo. I wish it was the old one. Yeah. I think you nailed it, Megan. I think like especially for like a lot of diehard folks, right, is like that is where the emotional attachment is within the brand. And so it disappears and then the brand changes and, you know, psychologically like that's, that's very hard. So like, that's why I don't like the new logo, right? It's because it's not the old one. Mm. So I think, I think you really uh, hit the nail on the head. It's good. Who, who was it that got it tattooed? We need to check in with them. I know somebody, I saw it on the Twitter. I know somebody, I think- no, they got the old one tattooed. I need uh, to see what their right? thoughts. Was it Christina? Does she yeah, have Christina it? Christina has it. Okay. Out. Has no. anybody asked her? How does she feel about it? Does she? Does she like? I'm curious what the general how she feels about a new logo after she got the old one tattooed. I personally like. Right I wouldn't now. be mad because like it's a piece of history, right? Like forever gonna have the inaugural crest. But I'm just curious if anybody knows her thoughts on that one. Yeah. So for people who don't know, so this logo was designed. Uh, by a female-led team uh, out of Philadelphia, um, and uh, yeah, I think they do a good they 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 did a good job. If I hadn't seen the original one, I think I would really like this one. And I don't think it's bad, and it's growing on me. And then I think, like Virgil said, you're not the you're not the old logo, and that's kind of the the one mark against it. It feels like a my feeling is very much you're not my real dad <laughs> sentiment here. Um, but I think they did a good job, and I don't hate it. And not hating something goes a long way in life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but if people didn't know, there was an alternate logo that they had designed and were ready to run with that was terrible. It was the worst soccer logo I'd ever seen. And I know one person that really likes it and everyone else who thought it was just awful. And I just want fans to know we were saved from having a bad crest. And <laughs> I I think that that was a Ryan Smith thing of being like, this can't stand. Or maybe it was John Kimball. Someone was like, this has to change. And we got a, we got a good logo out of it. And so that's good. Maybe it was Tyler Gibbons. Uh, but I know he was pretty involved and wanted to have a good logo that they felt good about. Um, and so Tyler Gibbons who is the vice president of a whole bunch of things um, was he, he insisted that it be designed by a female led team. Um, and so I really also appreciate that, you know, he used his position to be sure women got a voice in this process. So I think that's pretty cool. Tyler okay. is the goat. That's all I have to say on that. Quick question. So the Utah Royals FC logo lives on in Arizona. Yes, it does. I think we yeah. mentioned that in our last podcast, episode yeah. one ten. Yeah, which is so bizarre to me because I did a quick, like, quick Google search and Utah Royals FC Arizona popped up, and I'm like, "Hey, it's the logo." Yeah, they still playing it. It's it, it like I follow them on Twitter, so it's always a little jarring to like all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden see that logo come across the old timeline. Yeah. 
while we're talking about this, sorry to hopefully not change the subject too much, uh, I did see an announcement that some version of the Royals is going to play in the WPSL, which is exciting. Don't they already have a team there? Do they? I don't know. Yeah, they do. Dumb. Okay. What? Yeah. This is news to me, guys. Yeah, there's a there there is a WPSL schedule, and they are. Yeah, they're on the WPSL. Wow. Who is that? Like, un, like who's in charge? Who runs that? <laughs> uh. The head because I know, like when they had, like when the Royals were here, they had like the second team and whatever. I think the Lapel that ran it, right? Yeah. yeah but now it's Tiffany Roberts. Tiffany Roberts, which she she was an assistant coach for the U.S. Youth National Team during the U seventeen World Cup. Huh. All right. Fair enough. I wonder what ages was Harvey Oprah when she was. It was older, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that just threw me off. I'm like, oh, wait. Utah Royals FC logo lives on in Arizona. Oh, i got to look into this more. That's crazy. I know. So this is the first season. Yep. Wow. Hmm. Because, yeah, they did have one at one point. Uh, That's fascinating. Yeah. Now something you learn here on the Utah Royals FC show. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Oh, Utah Avalanche plays in the WPSL as well. Hmm. Um, All right. Well, um, any looking ahead to the future, if you guys could each pick one player and build this team around that player. Does anyone any any player come to mind? Kristen Press. <laughs> I will fight you. Sorry. <laughs> Lucas, can you edit that out? I don't need to be doxxed again. <laughs> no, let's keep it. Um I'm sorry. We had to. Come on. Oh, y- y'all are good. I'm saying your t- your Twitter's on lockdown these days. You're good. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, can find it. Yeah. Nobody can find you on the internet, so you're good. Don't go and look now. Nobody's allowed to go and try and find it now. I don't think you could, to be honest with you. Um, okay, Lucas, in the little note sheet, you said one player, and I, the one player that I want just in my dreams, and one player to build a team around are two very different questions. Mm. <laughs> Because if I had it in my heart of hearts, I will always tell you Becky Sauerbrunn. I will take her on any team, oh. any given day. However, what? I'm not building a team around her anymore, right? Like, she's what? How old is she? 34 now? Something like that? Oh. Is she that old? I don't know how old she is. But she's like, ages, Megan. You can't build your team around somebody who's been in the league as long as hey. it's existed, Cindy. Hey, <laughs> just because she's old doesn't mean she couldn't kick some ass. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Becky Sauerbrunn, and I will she's always love Becky Sauerbrunn. Yeah, she won, and she's going to the World Cup again. What are you talking Her, about? How many World Cups has she been in now? Is that four? Yeah, 2012. She's 15. actually been to all of them since 91. <laughs> when it was the M&M's <laughs> World Championship for Women or whatever the terrible name was. Yeah, she was like 10, probably 5. I don't know. <laughs> so nobody knows how old Becky Sauerbrunn is, but I'm the ageist one. Got it. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> but Becky so in my Sa- heart, I will always be a Becky Sauerbrunn fan. However, 
right now, I I would give anything to see Trinity Rodman in a Utah Royals jersey. That's all. That's my oh, okay. That was gonna be my answer, at least my joke answer. Because no, I I am a big fan of hers. I don't know why, but my answer was gonna be Trinity Rodman because we know that the Rodmans can win championships in Utah. That's fair. <laughs> Lucas, you're going to get canceled. A lot of people very sad. Yeah. No one who but, listens to this podcast will be sad by that, except for you. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Again, I don't know if I'm building a whole team around her. I don't know if she necessarily has that much to give. I just really like her as a player. I think she's she's really talented. I also feel like at some point, if we don't see Ashley Hatch in a Utah Royals jersey, I'm going to be upset. Like she's a Utah kid. It needs to happen. But will it? I don't know. But that's another one that I wouldn't be mad about. But. Anyway, take it away, y'all. What you thinking? <laughs> okay, for real. I mean, Krista Press is great, but she's so 2018. Um, <laughs> now you're going to get canceled. Oh, I know. Well, here we go again. <laughs> all right. I think I'm... time. Oh, man. It's all right. <laughs> um, I think I would go Sophia Smith. That's a, that's a good answer. That's fair. I would also take Sophia yeah. Smith any day. She's the best. I uh, I would go Minima because I think it'd be cool. Mm. I could have someone in a 500 mile radius that I could watch uh, Fine Art games with. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, but also, I mean, she's just, you know, jokes aside, she's just absolutely excellent, and uh, I think I think that would be a great person to build a team around. Um. I think from like a fun factor, and I know that it's incredibly unlikely, but I think Lola Bonta could be fun. Maybe not as much like let's build the whole team around, but just from like a fun chaos standpoint. What, what is Cindy's reaction? Where's your loyalty lie here? <laughs> you know, I think if you bring Labonta, you have to bring Espinosa. And I don't know. I know you guys don't want Espinosa. <laughs> that would be so funny. Actually, I would love that because – to have a former Colorado Rapids legend coaching RSL with a uh, sporting Kansas City legend playing, it just would be so. It would be hilarious. Would be I'd take hilarious. I'd take Roger if I got low. That's oh yeah, fair. yeah. I one hundred percent I'm okay with that. RSL could use some bite. Yeah, yeah. I could use some. Pa- we could use some passion on that team these days, right? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Which fun fact? For that? <laughs> which fun fact? Just mentioned. Dom Dwyer's is kind of back in Kansas City. He kind of is trying out for sporting again. I think you mean Dumb Dwyer. <laughs> you got to be pretty dumb to lose Sydney Larue. So that's oh yeah, it's kind Wait, of a fair name. What? Wow, Did you guys know they got divorced? And we're gonna get yeah, into all no. sorts of drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah they got a divorce go. at some point. Yeah, it was a yeah. couple. It was at least like a, what a couple years ago. I think it was oh, after yeah. their daughter was born, but yeah. I don't. I don't know. Well, annual posts. What is it? I think it's like Women's History Month, right? Where she just like does a family picture and then just like uh, does like paint over her son's mm-hmm. face on the like uh, photo edit app. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so funny. And everybody it gets so mad about it and it makes me mad. laugh so hard. I know. Yeah. Cindy LaRue is legendary. I'm not gonna. Lie. I know she's. I know some people don't like her. They think she's like feisty, whatever. I've always thought she was so fun to watch, so funny. But 
Oh. We're, we're like the TMZ edition right now, talking about. <laughs> I know we're really going we're on the TMZ. Wanted. Yes, <laughs> we're we're going off the rails. We should wrap up. Um, one, can, can I make one more quick thought? Yes. I would like to see someone who previously played for the team come back. I, I bet think that having a fun anchor like that would be fun. Fine, you yeah. can have. Kate who, do you, who do you want then, Beard Joe? That's my next question. Who do you bring back? Low, you can't say low at this point though, because that's right. Like answer. low would be cool to build around. Barney, bring back Barney. I say it and I stand by it. <laughs> Should be okay. here for like a year. I know she's like she's older than Becky, so I mean, if we can't bring Becky back, we can't bring Barney back. So yeah, Becky, okay. who's a spry thirty-seven. <laughs> Does Becky actually thirty-seven? Yeah. I did. I didn't see. I thought she was younger than she is. And y'all again, and y'all calling me ages. She's less okay. than a year older than I am. Apparently, thirty-four is old. I'm... <laughs> I can't win. You know what I mean. As a professional athlete, being being almost forty is kind of up there. Keep digging that hole, Megan. I, I can't win at this time. <laughs> I'm never. I'm never going to tell anything as long. I'm, I turned an elevator in Rio Tinto last year and saw him, and I was like, "Oh God, I'm going to go the other way." What's what's the name of that Japanese guy who's still playing oh, professionally? Yeah, he's, like he's like fifties. Yeah, I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. Um, I know who you're talking about. So I'm glad that this got us back on track, guys. <laughs> um, so I think the only other thing I really wanted to touch on is just fan outreach. Fan outreach. Um, I have heard a couple of fans say they feel like they haven't really heard a lot from the club and haven't been like engaged in um, uh, Josh Ritter Hoff uh, friend of the pod, Josh um, had said that he hadn't received any emails. Turns out they're going to, some of them were going to his spam fil- folder. So check on that. But I do know there there's a bit of a sense that fans, uh, the club seems to be just, or fans think that the club is assuming that they're all just come back. And so it would be good to see some kind of intentional outreach. Um, and it's too late for everyone listening, but like tonight, I know that Amy Rodriguez went to, um, there's like an RSL fan event at, uh, I think it's pronounced Calais. Should really should know that. Calle. Um, and so it's cool that, you know, new head coaches are already interacting with soccer fans within the league, but want to be sure that that happens for long-term Royals fans as well. Um, well guys, let's, let's kind of wrap up there. Um, I did forget to mention at the top of the episode that, uh, I will be interviewing Amy Rodriguez. So you should hear that interview next, unless I decide to play it at the top of the episode. Um, so thanks everyone for listening. Any, any final thoughts from, from you three? Good to be back. It's good to be back is I think the best, the best statement for right now. Yeah, I mean, time flies. Megan's an adult now, so I am. I have since graduated both high school and college. Yes, <laughs> I have wow. a whole bachelor's degree, and moved yep. to Texas. For those who were wondering, and don't follow me on Twitter already. And Lucas has a kid. And Lucas yeah. has a kid. I live in Texas. Virtue's married. A lot happens in three years, man. Yeah, it's crazy how time flies. And I got a cactus, and I named it Harry. Harry the oh, cactus. Okay, love Harry the cactus. All right. So you should tweet out a picture of that so we all know what 
Harry the cactus looks like. I should. I will. You I should. will. He's growing. I'm happy. How about this? What about Harry the? If if Cleo doesn't come back, the mascot should be Harry the cactus. I think so. Yeah, I think we should pitch that. Tell someone, tell Tyler. If not, at least be the podcast cat podcastus podcast mascot. There we go. (laughs) Got it. There we go. Um. Awesome. So yeah, just so listeners know, we are not back to our every week schedule. We don't know what the future holds. We might do a few one-offs throughout the year. Um, we may rename the show. We may change feeds. We will be very public and clear about that. So there's no confusion. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, glad that uh, we kept Utah Royal after just a brief interregnum so Mm. talk to you soon